Hi, everyone, and welcome to the 24th episode of the Tech Bootcamp Podcast. The title of today's interview is A Beautiful Heart in Bloom, an interview with Taylor Bruni. My name is Richard Johannesson. And I'm Matt Sabatello. Taylor Bruni is a 28-year-old lifestyle blogger, Instagram curator, medical assistant, college student, author, and aspiring medical student from San Diego, California. Ms. Bruni's Lyme disease journey began shortly after she graduated from high school. She developed various symptoms that required regular and repeated hospital admissions. Ms. Bruni was treated by over 20 medical specialists before she was diagnosed with Lyme disease. Ms. Bruni's Lyme disease journey was transformational. As a result of her chronic Lyme disease, she has developed into the girl with the heart that yearns for other people to be healed. Ms. Bruni is writing a book to describe her healing journey and also utilize a social media tool such as Instagram and her blog, Hearts in Bloom, to advocate for healing one's mind, body, and spirit from the brokenness that suffering produces. Hello, Bruni. Thank you for joining our podcast. Thank you for having me. We're really blessed to have you join us today. And I want to thank you in particular because I know you're dealing with some cold symptoms and despite being sick, you've honored your commitment. So I want to thank you for joining us today. Oh, I'm so grateful to be here. So Taylor, can you tell us a little bit about what your life was like before you had your tick bite experience? Yes. So I went to high school and in high school, I was very active and I was actually competing with the junior pro circuit in tennis. And I had a few dreams and one of them was to pursue tennis in college. And so I would train eight hours nine hours every day in the summers. I played every day after school. I was just very active, very social, social butterfly. I always went out with my friends. I was rarely home. And then I was very intelligent in my studies on a roll. And then in high school, towards the end, I started developing migraines around a concussion that I had. I ended up going to a pool party and sliding down this concrete slide. And because I weighed barely anything, I flew up, hit my head, blacked out in the pool. And then after that, uh, my health started declining and I started getting more symptoms. Now, I never saw any type of bite on my body. But I do remember when I was younger, I would pull little ticks and bugs off my legs because I was always in nature, always in grass, always in parks plain. But because I was not aware of Lyme disease or ticks or the causes of vector-borne illnesses when I was young, I didn't know. So pre-concussion, I was very active, very happy, joyful, excited, social. Taylor, it's not uncommon. So many of our guests have said the same thing, that they were bitten by ticks. They had no idea how dangerous they were and how sick they could potentially get from a tick bite. But prior to your illness and your tick experience, what were your aspirations for your future? So I wanted to, so this was around high school, so I was still learning what I wanted, but I had thought that the correct path for me was going to law school and becoming a judge. <laughs> and so... I kind of had my mindset on that, but I still didn't feel aligned with it. I still felt like there was just something missing. And that was one of my goals, as well as competing professionally with tennis in college. And so those were my two goals. And Taylor, it's not uncommon that a traumatic event triggers the Lyme bacteria that was probably in you for quite a while to start to mm -hmm. take over and make you sick. So when you were ending high school, going into college, and you had that concussion, can you describe for us the symptoms? Yeah. So once I 
healed from the whiplash and the concussion in that sense of those neurological symptoms. I went to Europe that summer. And when I came back, I was starting to get more anxiety, more panic attacks. And I started becoming depressed. And this was very strange for me because I've been a joyful, very light filled, very happy individual, like no anxiety, no, no depression at all. And so it was very strange feeling these feelings of sadness constantly. And then I started developing migraines, severe migraines with aura. I started developing high fevers, 104. I got 104 a few times at different points and they would last a while. I ended up getting rashes, really bizarre rashes that I actually took photos of that looked like scratches. And then it also looked like little neurons all over my body. It was very strange. And then the, one of the main symptoms as well was GI symptoms. This was the number one thing that really debilitated me and being able to live a normal life. Like I would not be able to eat without getting stomach pain. I would not be able to eat without getting bloated. I had just constant stomach pain and nausea, constant nausea, constant feeling like I was going to vomit. And sometimes I did randomly. And then also just getting more dizzy and, you know, lightheaded a lot. So it was an array of those symptoms that started out. Taylor, prior to the epiphany of I have Lyme disease, what were your doctors saying with all these new symptoms that you started to have? They, <laughs> the very first doctor I had, I went in constantly and in the year of 2012, I went in constantly and I'm like, something's wrong. Something's wrong. I'm very sick. And this was just a couple years after my concussion and my health had really declined. So I went in every week and it's on record that I went in and I'm like, I have these symptoms. And she's like, you know, Taylor, I think it's anxiety. And I think you need to go to a psychiatrist and get put on Zoloft. So I listened to her and didn't listen to my own self <laughs> that my anxiety, you know, there was a purpose why I had anxiety. It was telling me something's wrong in my body. And I didn't listen to it. I listened to her. I went on Zoloft and it numbed me. Yes, helped with the panic feeling, but it did not help with the physical, physiological symptoms that I was having. And I ended up just because I was so sick, I spent most of my time in bed. So I became bedridden because of the pain. I also had developed really bad pain in my arms and my spine and my neck and even in my legs. So I was, I spent more time in bed than I did being active like I used to. And that's how I knew there's something wrong. I need to get off this anxiety med and I need to go to other doctors. And what was interesting while I was going to this one doctor in 2012, <laughs> I ended up going in the ICU because I dropped weight. I went down to 89 pounds and I felt my organs when I would pee. And I'm like, you know, I'm dying. I know I am. And she just says it's anxiety, but I'm physically losing weight when I'm eating. And so I went in the hospital and turns out during those months, I also, my pancreas had failed along with the other symptoms and I developed type one diabetes and the doctors in the hospital were saying, I, it's a miracle. I was alive because I had the diabetic ketoacidosis for many months. And this doctor did not find it. She was just saying it was, oh, the pain can be from, you know, 
maybe you have fibromyalgia and then as well as, oh, you have anxiety. And those were the two misdiagnoses that, I mean, I did have anxiety, but it wasn't the cause of my problems. So I ended up going to another doctor after her. <laughs> Taylor, it's not uncommon. So many people that have Lyme disease get misdiagnosed with anxiety and depression at some point and go on medication for that. And it just further prolongs their eventual diagnosis and increases the likelihood that they're going to be chronically ill or have worse symptoms. How many doctors did you see over this period? 20. They were different specialists. And then even a few, like I saw five different gastroenterologists. <laughs> because each one of them was like, oh, you need antacids or, you know, here, take the Zofran and then, you know, you'll just be on Zofran to take care of your nausea. There's not much else we can do. I had the endoscopies, you know, I had, you know, what was sad was there was all these tests were that were taken other than, you know, my diabetes test, that's something different, but like other levels other blood labs that they took were coming out normal and it made no sense and so it looked like i was crazy because i was very very sick but yet these labs and biopsies were coming out clean so so for a five-year period you were getting sicker and sicker and sicker and all they can come up with is fibromyalgia and anxiety yeah and as this time progressed your pancreas began to fail your kidneys began to fail and you felt like you were just going to die yeah. Yeah. I was in and out of the hospital and they just kept putting me on antibiotics and saying it was kidney infections and it just was, it was a mess. So I just finally went after all these doctors in Western medicine, I finally was told to try integrative medicine and try more alternative because they actually run different tests. They think outside of the box and that is a benefit of going to an alternative doctor who practices integrative medicine is because they think outside the box of what your, you know, typical med school student learns. And that's where the benefit was for me as they thought outside the box, they knew exactly that it was some type of vector borne tick disease. So they tested me for it. So five years in, you finally got a Lyme yeah. diagnosis from an integrative doctor. Yes. And at that point, how did you feel? Did you feel relief? Did you realize how bad Lyme could be? What were your feelings at that point? So by that point, because I had been bedridden, sick, my entire life that I had before was completely stripped away. People left my life. Everything just fell apart. Like nothing was the same. It literally, my life fell to, fell to ashes. And then getting this diagnosis completely made me feel relief and <laughs> And usually people, you know, normal people don't feel relief when they're diagnosed with these like huge diseases, but I felt relief and I knew now that I have, you know, an answer, we can appropriately attack it and go after it and proactively heal from it. So that was my mindset. And after that, each time that, you know, a lab result would be like, oh, you have this autoimmune disease. Oh, you have this nervous system issue. I would feel relief. And all, even my friends and people around me were just looking at me like, <laughs> like, what's wrong with you? Like, you feel relief after getting all these like diagnoses. But to me, each one is a part of the puzzle piece that destroyed my health and my previous life. And if I'm able to put it together and figure this out, you know, I, there's a chance to build a future and not lose a future due to these illnesses. Taylor, so working with this integrative doctor, what was your treatment protocol? 
So my first year, right after I got diagnosed with the integrative doctor, I was on a year Lyme treatment from January 2014 to January 2015. And I got taken off of the Rx antibiotics by that time. So my last antibiotics were at the end of 2013. So on this time, I did a cleanse. I started out with the cleanse to kind of cleanse out some of the antibiotics. And then from there on, he put me on different herbs, Chinese herbs. He put me on different like roots, different supplements, many, many different supplements, and then detox supplements and like liver support, et cetera, as well as homeopathic medicines I did uh, for the Lyme. And then as well as like different types of modalities like chiropractic work, essential oils, fluid IVs, et cetera. So that whole year, it was more based on integrative type medical treatments. Taylor, really what you were <laughs> trying to do was build up your body as a whole, strengthen your immune system, strengthen your organs, and build your body from the ground up again to recover your health. Yeah. At that point, though, in 2014, my first year of Lyme was basically just to target the Lyme and kill it. So during that time, I learned you know, how to support other areas of my body while my body was fighting this bacteria. So that throughout the year, that's how I learned how to, oh, I need liver support. Oh, I need to detox this way in order for me to successfully, you know, handle this treatment. So, yes. Taylor, on that note of detox, you share with us in your questionnaire that you have a problem with detoxing. Can you explain that for our listeners? Yes. So unfortunately, both my mom and I have the mutated gene MTHFR, which deals with methylation of certain vitamins, as well as antioxidants and being able to detox correctly. So I have a lack, a constant lack, no matter how much nutrient dense food I eat, I'm always lacking in certain antioxidants and certain vitamins in my body. So I have to always supplement in order to reach a normal level like an average person and because of that because i'm so deficient in those areas because of this gene it makes it hard for me to detox like antibiotics and even the herbs any type of medicine that acts as an antibiotic that kills a pathogen in your body it's hard for me to detox so i just have to take extra steps to be able to detox somewhat functionally to get through these treatments. Taylor, we've learned that this is, is more common than we thought. And for our listeners who wonder if they may have this problem, what recommendation would you give them? So what's really helpful is, is just going to a doctor who will run different genetic mutated tests on the genes. There's specific ones, and it's not only just the MTHFR, there's many others. But specifically for someone going on any type of treatment, they want to test for the MTHFR gene. And most doctors should know about this. And if they don't, go to another one because guarantee the other one will know. And it's actually very helpful to know before you start treatment because then you'll know which deficiencies you have that you need extra support in to be able to combat the treatment. And in your case, Taylor, as you were getting this treatment to kill the Lyme bacteria, you were struggling more than most people to detox and shed off this dying Lyme bacteria because of this problem. Yeah. After your first year of treatment with your integrative doctor, can you discuss what you did next and if you saw any other doctors? 
So after my first year of Lyme treatment, my body just was not handling this, these types of herbs and treatments and it needed more support. It needed more resources because I was getting sicker and sicker. So I was pointed in the direction to Dr. Schickman in San Diego, the Institute for Specialized Medicine. And I was able to get in and he saw me. And as soon as he did, as soon as he saw me and how I was in the state that I was in, he immediately put me on IV antibiotics as well as IV fluids, IV glutathione, IV antioxidant Myers cocktail type IV bags for an entire week, eight hours every day because I was so sick and unstable and I was losing weight again and it just was not good. So he ended up clearing out and kind of bringing that extra support to my organs and my body that I needed that I wasn't getting previously. So after that, though, he ended up going back to more of a variety of treatments once in a while do a time period of IV antibiotics. But then he would, you know, after that, go on like herbs, roots, homeopathics, different types of medicines and IV therapy as well. So I had a balance of both Western medicine and alternative medicine. Taylor, your illness, diagnosis, and treatment all occurred during your college years and post-college years. What kind of impact did this have on your personal life and your family life? Well, <laughs> it, getting sick at the age of 21 and getting diagnosed at age 23 with multiple you know, life-threatening diseases changed my entire life. I had to put my bachelor's degree on hold and move from college back home. And I had to become a full-time patient, which meant basically I would spend days at doctor's offices. And then when I'd come home, I'd be sick in bed, sick with the symptoms after treatment. So it affected everything greatly. My social life was gone. My, my friends, even some of my friends back then even just couldn't handle it. It put my relationship at the time in complete suffrage and ended up going through a breakup with that but it mainly just kind of took each area of my life including my own identity and just kind of making it dissolve and then all that was left was just the identity of being a patient so that's how it kind of affected me when all was said and done and looking back where you are today how much do you think you spent on your all of your treatment and your medical bills because it's not only been Lyme disease that has been caused in my body, but the Lyme caused other autoimmune diseases in my body. I have roughly estimated around like right under 100K. And this is from out of pocket. This is, you know, from my dad, from my stepmom, from me, my mom, and then from me. And even though I had to move away from college, I still kept jobs. I still worked even through the pain and the symptoms. So that, you know, this burden could be equally transferred through my family, that we could carry it together. And so, yeah, many, many, many years of just money just being flooded to all these doctors' prescriptions and everything. But one thing I am grateful for is uh, one of my friends back then knew how much my family was struggling with this. And so she created this Indiegogo campaign for my treatment and to help with funds. And we were able to raise $5,000 and I was able to contribute that to my first year of Lyme treatment. But after that, 
everything else was out of pocket and co-pays from insurance. Taylor, how are you today? After Lyme treatment, I went in remission in 2017. So I stopped treatment 2017 and I gave my body a break because uh, I felt like that was what was needed. And so during that time, I got my blood tested twice and most recently as well to verify. But my Lyme disease, there's no trace in my blood whatsoever. Not one band of Lyme is in my blood. And so I am completely healed of Lyme. But, but even though that is a miracle and I'm so grateful and it's the best thing, I, the Lyme caused damage in my body, meaning it, it made my body suffer to the point where I developed different autoimmune diseases. I developed different cysts and masses in my body. And what I'm dealing with now in 2019, and it's been 10 years since I got my concussion that I started getting sick. I am currently dealing with the management of the post-Lyme damage, meaning trying to get rid of the masses that are in my body from the Lyme treatment, and as well as managing all these different types of diseases while living a life of that's close to normalcy, meaning like working full-time and still doing my school and you know trying to be active and social so i'm just learning how to manage those diseases that were developed after my lyme as well as get rid of certain imbalances and the masses so Taylor, can you tell us a little bit about your transformation what were the positive things that have come out of this journey well the main one <laughs> well one of the main ones just being able to one find myself, find my strength and who I am, truly learn who I am and my identity as well as my calling on my life and my purpose here and being able to find the passion through the pain of what I've experienced, the passion that will fuel my purpose of wanting to become a doctor and wanting to make changes in the medical community and bringing awareness because I've been a patient. I've been to the depths of hell as a patient. I know exactly what goes through a patient's mind. So I know how I can help patients with the things that I wasn't helped with and the things that I was helped with. And one of the many things that was a positive that came out was being able to find this passion of wanting to become a doctor, as well as another amazing thing is just being able to meet so many people I've connected with so many incredible, strong heroes that no one would even realize that they're looking at someone who's battled this. And it's just it's so inspiring to me to have met and talked to, I mean, probably thousands by now, just in doctor's offices as well as online, hearing their stories and just learning from them and just just meeting them and having their presence in my life and including being able to have opportunities like this to meet you guys and, you know, hear a little bit about your story and why you're running this podcast. It's just so life fulfilling and inspiring. And it's honestly the beauty that comes out of grim situations like this. So Taylor, we know that you have the future goal of becoming a doctor, and that's wonderful and beautiful. And we'd like to talk a little bit about some of the current work you're doing, both with your Instagram and your beautiful blog, Hearts in Bloom. Thank you. So I, and one of my coping mechanisms is writing. And I just decided one day to start writing online. And 
people started gravitating towards it. And, you know, I was able to help people in person as well as online and be able to have them relate to my story and find that connection between us and our lives. And so this fueled it even more. And then while this grew, I realized this is part of my calling. Like, this is why I'm alive. This is why I survived the ICU and the organ failures. And this is why I'm here is to be able to build this platform that will hopefully eventually be my medical practice and just this community of people that I can try to help and just restore love and light and hope and faith back into their lives and their perspectives when they go through dark times. So that is kind of the reason behind and the purpose behind my hearts in bloom is it's something small now, but I want to grow it to something big so that it reaches more people so that more people can face these dark times in their lives with different perspectives, holding on to hope and faith and not giving up and not letting illness or any darkness that comes into their life or any challenge become their identity and steal their identity and steal their joy because that's not how it's supposed to be. It's temporary. These challenges we face are temporary. And yes, the temporary may last 10 years like it has in mind, but meaning there is goodness to come out of it and there's beauty to come out of it. And that's what I want to do with my platform as well as eventually make it my medical practice so that it can blossom and to help bring healing to people's lives. Tyler, we understand that you're working on another project in addition to the, your beautiful Instagram and your beautiful blog and all the work you're doing to prepare yourself educationally for your medical career. Can you share with our listeners the book that you're working on? Yes. So I, I love writing and I really feel like I can express myself the best through words and writing words. So I really feel like being able to create this book of hope for people and guidance will help them on their journeys of healing. And I'm trying to make it a little bit more broad too, so that it's not just specifically for Lyme, but any type of illness that someone has. It's kind of like a guidebook of hope through your dark journey, because even though each person will have a different illness, it's the same journey. And I'm sure as you've interviewed the people before me, you've realized the connections and the similarities in their stories and the same type of struggles we've had to go through. And that's not just with Lyme, but that's with other illnesses I've noticed in my journey as meeting other patients. It's like, wow, you have this exact same situation, but it's a different name for a disease. So that's what I'm trying to do is kind of bring together the community of patients who feel so alone in their dark time and that they won't feel alone, that there's hope and that they aren't alone in this, that other people are going through it too and that we can offer each other support and encouragement. I just want it to be a tool that will help bring healing to people's minds and hearts and bodies. Can you give our listeners some sense of what they could do to avoid having a bad tick experience? One, become aware. <laughs> like there are bad things that happen that can come from ticks. There are tick-borne diseases, and it's not just on the East Coast. 
My mom got Rocky Mountain spotted fever in Carlsbad on the beach, near the beach in San Diego, which is bizarre. And I, you know, have been on the West Coast, so I have gotten it here. And so ticks are everywhere, despite what people say, and they carry the diseases. And each tick has more than one pathogen in it. It's not just Lyme that comes. There's other co-infections that will be coming with the Lyme. And they call it, you know, kind of a cocktail, a Lyme cocktail, because you, you don't know exactly what you have until you do all the blood tests. But basically, become aware, research, and try to understand the precautions you need to take. Sometimes it's out of our control. And if you do get bit by a tick, immediately, if you find it on you, take it, put it in a little bag, and take it to the hospital to get tested. And then immediately, I mean immediately, get on antibiotics for not just two weeks, but for three months to make sure anything that was put in your body is completely wiped out. And one of my friends who I ended up meeting and becoming close with, she did that without even knowing me, without even knowing really what to do. She researched and she's like, oh, Lyme can come from ticks. So she made the doctors put her on antibiotics, even though they said, you know, you don't really need it. She made them. And now she never had to go through Lyme treatment ever because she found it the few days when she got bit on her back. So it's just, becoming aware and educated and knowing that, yes, it can be scary to face this, but not to let fear overcome you right away and just, you know, have confidence and faith that you found it. Or if you didn't find it and you just feel really sick and flu-like and your health is just declining and you have no idea why, go get tests, go get Lyme tests rule it out. Make sure you rule everything out. And then once you find a diagnosis, don't fear. Just do everything you can to research what would be best for you and your body and get to know your body and your own health and try to stay positive and not go to a dark place in your mind because that will prevent you from healing. That will inhibit you from growing and just block you from any type of success in your health and your healing. Taylor Bruni, I want to thank you for this beautiful and inspirational interview. You've blessed us with so much information and knowledge and so much beauty in your journey. So Taylor, I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for you sharing your experiences with us. Thank you for listening to the Tick Bootcamp interview with Taylor Bruni. To our listeners, we have a call to action. First, if you'd like to learn more about Taylor Bruni, please visit her Instagram at hearts underscore in underscore bloom or her blog at www.heartsinbloom.life. Second, if you enjoyed this episode of the Tick Bootcamp podcast interview with Taylor Bruni, please share it with your friends by using the social media buttons at the bottom of our post. Third, please don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play Music, or Spotify to get the automatic episode updates for our Tick Bootcamp podcast. And finally, please take a minute to leave us an honest review and rating on iTunes. This is a new effort on our part, and we could really use your help when it comes to creating a show that you would like to listen to. We make it a point to read every single one of the reviews we get. Thank you for listening.